You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. You know, I hear the camera adds 10 pounds. Looks like you've eaten five cameras. Back on The Pipeline Show, we're going to talk a little college puck now, the NCHC Conference. So, well, some teams uh, get going this weekend in exhibition play against some uh, youth sport clubs uh, from Canada. But for the most part, the uh, regular season gets going uh, the following weekend, the weekend of the uh, 10th, 11th, 12th. Let's uh, be joined now by uh, Brad Elliott Schlossman from the Grand Forks Herald, uh, of course, longtime uh, reporter covering the NCHC, uh, and uh, boy, it was what the WCHA before that, and well, college hockey in general. And uh, boy, Brad, you win all the awards every year, don't you? <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but uh, that's that's the goal, I guess. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into the NCHC and. Uh, I think we have to start at the top, don't we? I mean, the Duluth Bulldogs are uh, two-time now defending national champions, mm-hmm. going for a third this year. It's only happened once in uh, the rest of uh, recorded time that a, uh, a hockey program has won three national titles in a row. And what's that, the 50s, in the 50s with Michigan? Yeah, yeah, I believe that's uh, correct. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting uh, when the tournament starts this year. And quite honestly, they could do it again. Are they not considered by a lot of people to be the number one team right now in the country? Yeah, they were They were voted uh, the number one team in the country by 49 of the 50 voters. Uh, the one outlier was me. So, <laughs> um, Is that right? You're uh, the you know, only one who didn't did. vote for them? I was... Uh, I was the only one out of the 50 voters who didn't put Duluth number one. So uh, we'll see how the year plays out. I'll either look like an idiot or I'll uh, look smart. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to talk about Duluth first, but just out of curiosity, yep. who who was your number one pick? I had Minnesota State Mankato. So I'm a little outside the box. And, and the reason why is when I look at Duluth's roster, uh, you have Hunter Shepard in goal, uh, outstanding goaltender, uh, proven uh, you know, he's, uh, been great. You look at their decor, very, very good, uh, led by Scott Perunovic, uh, the, the Blues draft pick. You got Dylan Sandberg, the Jets pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Nick Wolf, who's been around for a while. That's just a really, you know, you got the dynamic guy like, uh, Perunovic, small, shifty, creates offense like, uh, you know, no blue liner in the league. Uh, Sandberg's more of the shutdown D. Uh, just a, a really good group. Uh, up front, they're not super offensive. They they have a few guys who I think can generate, but when you look at them, they're just not super deep. Now, that being said, that was the case the last two years too. Mm. So they overcame it. They won a lot of one-goal games. Look at their NCAA tournament. They they won a lot of overtime games, one-goal games, but they have not they have not won the league championship uh, regular season in, you know, since 1993. So, uh, in the postseason, it can be a crapshoot. Uh, you know, if you don't have tons of offense, you rely on uh, the formula that they took the last two or three years. Um, but you also leave yourself open to you get a bad bounce or two here or there, and that's it, right? You know, the other team scores a couple, and all of a sudden you can't catch up. So, uh, offense is my question mark for Minnesota Duluth, and that's why I didn't have them uh, number one overall entering the year. Yeah, when you look at the uh, the drafted players on the team, uh, uh, just among the forwards, there's four guys, but they're not you know second or third round picks. Noah Cates, the highest drafted guy, uh, and I I think it's fair to say he's going to put up some numbers this year. But I mean, he's a fifth yes. round pick too, so he's not you know at that 
upper high end uh, caliber uh, players. I mean, you look on the back end, and you mentioned Sandberg and Perunovic. They're both second round picks, so just the the difference yeah. in, in caliber there with guys. So if if Duluth isn't your number one team in the nation, are they your number one team in the conference? You know, I actually uh, picked Western Michigan to win the league, and and this was a little bit of a uh, I'm going to be different type of pick. <laughs> I, I'm still kind of trying to talk myself into it. Uh, and the, the reason being is uh, I think Western Michigan, uh, you know, unquestionably has the best uh, offensive team in the league. Uh, you know, you look at their forwards and they're so deep up front. And, and they not only are they deep, they've got the high end. They've got the Hugh McGings. Uh, you know, Hugh McGing could have signed with St. Louis. He decided to come back. Wade Allison could have signed with Philly. He decided to come back. Uh, you've got some guys who I think are going to emerge as those free agent guys that NHL teams are interested in, like in Austin Ruschoff, who's 6'7 and has some skill. you, you got Josh Passel, who's, you know, excelled at every level. Um, and, and you just go up and down their lineup, and, I, you know, you start getting into their 7th, 8th, ninth forwards, and you're like, wow. Like, this team is really, really deep. And then on the back end, they've got uh, Samuelson. Matthias Samuelson decided to come back instead of sign with the Sabres. He was uh, the first pick of the second round mm-hmm. the previous year. So, I guess, technically, all future years, 32 overall is the first-round pick once Seattle joins. Um, so, he's a very good defenseman. And then they're bringing in Ronnie Adderd from uh, the USHL. Scoring 30 goals in the USHL is super impressive. Scoring 30 goals as a defenseman in the USHL is ridiculous. So uh, he had a great season. You know, Cam Lee is a, a, a good defenseman. And they, their big question is, are they going to defend well enough? And can they find a goalie? You know, I think uh, Brandon Bussey is going to end up being the guy this year. But they have not found a consistent, reliable goaltender the last few years. And that's really hurt them. That's the question mark again this year. With uh, going back to Wade Allison for a second, Canadian, so you know I'm in- mm-hmm. interested. He's a Flyers guy, so you know I'm doubly interested. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who, I mean, the the uh, expectations for him have been pretty high since he joined the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, his last year in the USHL was fantastic, but injuries have been an issue for him the last two seasons. Yep. How important is it for him just to stay healthy this year? Well, that's the big deal. You know, he's really had, like you said, really had a tough go with injuries. When he's been healthy, he's been really good. He's he's one of those game-changing players. And, um, you know, last year they came here to Grand Forks, and it was a tight game, and Western got a power play, and he got the puck in the circle, and the goalie squared up against him, and he just absolutely rocketed one into the corner of the net. And you're like, that's just an NHL shot right there. Not many guys can can make that shot that he just did and uh he, he has that elite ability it's uh, a matter of um staying healthy and uh doing it on a, a daily basis all right all right if you've got uh, uh western michigan as the uh, the number one team does that make duluth number two or you, do you have someone in between there still yeah you know so, so really i i think there are five teams that are super close okay um, I, I don't think there's really like a big gap. Like if you say any of these five teams are going to win the league at the end of the year, I'll be like, you know, yeah, that sounds about right. Like I'm not surprised. Um, you know, so I've got Western Michigan, Duluth, Denver. Uh, you know, I, I think they're in the top three too. And they've got some good skill. 
you know, Patterson had a great freshman year. Stapley, the Canadians draft pick. I think Patterson's a Flames pick. Um, I'm trying to remember offhand now. Yeah, uh, Stapley great. is a, a, a Habs pick. Um, and those guys had some really good freshman uh, seasons. Uh, you know, they got Ian Mitchell back, which was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of thought he was going to sign with Chicago. He decided to, to come back for another year. Uh, you know, I, I thought a, a guy like Slava Demon had a pretty good year last year, and they were super young. They overachieved last year. Uh, the the question I have for them is they got to the Frozen Four, they kept winning. Most of their games down the stretch, they were getting outplayed and finding a way to win when getting outplayed. And a large part of that was Philip Larson, that, the goalie, freshman goalie. Uh, he signed with Detroit in the offseason. Right. Now, I think they have two really good goalies here um, and, and that they're going to be all right there. But if they're going to get outshot and uh, outchanced the way they were at the end of last year, it's not going to work, I don't think. However, I don't anticipate that happening. I think some of their young players are going to grow up and, uh, you know, they're bringing in Bobby Brink, uh, you know, who had an outstanding year in the USHL. And uh, I think they're going to be able to dictate play more this year than they were last year. All right, that's fair. And uh, they got a really good recruiting class uh, coming up for next season as well. A couple of guys from uh, local products up here who are off to uh, Torrid Starts uh, who will be pioneers in the near future, but not this season. Um, all right, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing then uh, one of those other teams that you would have in in that mix near the uh, the top half of uh, of the conference, a, a team like St. Cloud, fair to say? St. Cloud, I do. I have them at fifth right now. Okay. I have North Dakota four and St. Cloud five. All right. Well, let's start with North Dakota then and work our way down. Uh, tell me about the, the the Fighting Hawks and and uh, the standouts on that team uh, from your perspective. This is a team that's in your backyard. Yeah. So last year, North Dakota uh, had an amazing knack for outshooting teams by double digits and losing. <laughs> it was they would dominate games and somehow they just could not score. So if they can get a little more offense, I think they'll be good. And uh, it really starts with their decor. Uh, you have Colton Pullman. He's a senior. He decided to come back. I, I think he's going to be a guy who all the NHL teams are trying to sign at the end of the year. Uh, excellent defenseman. He could skates well, defends well. He can create offense. He can do it all. Uh, another guy who is not really his name's not out there yet, but I think it's going to be as a free agent defenseman is Matt Kierstead. He had a quietly really, really good year last year. And I'm looking for him to take a big step this year and, and you know, kind of emerge as a guy everyone knows. Uh, you mentioned at the top, Jacob Bernard Docker, first round pick. Um, going out to fall practices, it looks like he's taken another step. Uh, he can, you know, really create offense. He can defend well. I, I think he's going to be a a really, really good defenseman. And then, you you know, we're starting to get down there into their four, five, six, and you got guys like Gabe Bast and Johnny Taconic and, you know, Andrew Pesky's a senior, you know, senior, you've got all sorts of veteran demons. So I think it starts there. And then I think they're going to add a little bit more offense. Um, you've got Weston Mashad coming in as a graduate transfer. He's a senior. He graduated from Colorado College, which means you don't have to sit out a year if you transfer. Right. He was their top line center last year. I think he's going to be a, a really good for North Dakota. And then, you know, you got guys like Jordan Kawaguchi, Grant Mismash, and, and, and a guy who I think is going to have a great year is Colin Adams. He's a Islanders draft pick, only had two goals last year, really struggled, 
Uh, he looks like he's turned a corner in the off season and, uh, some of the freshmen will chip in too. You got Harrison Blaisdell, uh, the Winnipeg draft pick and, and the guy who really has stood out so far is, uh, Shane Pinto. He was number 32 overall pick, uh, of Ottawa this year. The Senators and the, uh, the Fighting Hawks uh, seem to have a, a nice little pipeline going right now as <laughs> three Senator prospects, uh, on the, uh, the Fighting Hawks, uh, roster. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Gavin yeah. Hain for a second. Uh, this is another Flyers pick, oh, yeah. but uh, I, I think, I mean, he was a later round pick for them and did, there wasn't a lot of production from him last year as a freshman, but I know sometimes the freshmen uh, have to kind of play further down the depth chart and stuff like that. Is is there something mm-hmm. that he can, can he deliver more this year for North Dakota? Oh, absolutely. So uh, he was quietly really, really good last year. He's another guy who's going to have a breakout year, I think. Um, so he played on the third line with Mark Sendon and Cole Smith. And that line absolutely dominated territorially and possession-wise. I mean, I, I want to say um, Hain wasn't on the ice for an even-strength goal against until like February last year. Wow. It, it was just ridiculous. Um, so that line, and he was the most skilled of that group. And and he was an 18-year-old freshman, really young guy, um, just to, had a really good year and he had mono for a while and that knocked him out for like a month and that was a big setback but uh, that line just completely dominated the opponents and that ended up being their most productive line those three guys were one two three and plus minus uh, on the team in the year uh, and this year it sounds like they're going to move Hain up to a first or second line role and move someone else in on the Sendon Smith line just because He's ready for a bigger role and and can produce more. All right. What about Mike Keene's kid, Jackson Keene? Uh, played in 28 games last year. Again, only six points. But uh, as a freshman, uh, sometimes again you're you're playing further down the depth chart than you would on some other programs. Uh, is this a guy who also might yeah. get more opportunity? Well, I, I thought last year when he came in, uh, he ended up being more than they thought he was going to be. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, he didn't have a lot of points in junior at Penticton. Um, even before that at Sioux City, he didn't have a ton. And so, you know, I think you're looking at him being uh, in and out of the lineup guy, and he ended up being kind of a Swiss Army knife that they could use in so many different roles. You know, at times he killed penalties. He was on the power play. He could play top six at times. He could play bottom six. He was just one of those guys who could kind of do anything and, uh, you know, early this year, I, I think he's a guy who is uh, working his way uh, into the lineup. And he's also a guy who they're looking at uh, being on the power play with, with all the weapons they have. And he's a guy that didn't score a lot. That, that says a lot of uh, some of his uh, different skills he can bring to the table. All right, let's go to St. Cloud. That was the next team on your list, and uh, it's the post-Ryan Paling era now for for St. Cloud and some other uh, key players that they've lost too. But how big of a, uh, a step back might they take? So they lost uh, just a ton yeah. uh, offensively. Like Robbie Jackson's gone, Ryan Paling's gone, Blake Lazat is gone. Uh, you know, a lot of times I, I thought Blake Lazat was kind of the straw that stirred the drink for them last year. Uh, just so good in so many areas, and sure enough, he makes the LA Kings opening night roster. So uh, he was a really good player. Um, they lose Jimmy Schultz, who was a Hobie Baker finalist, a defenseman, and so they just had massive losses. But that being said, uh, I, I think a lot of people are focusing on who they lost. But when I start filling in their lineup, I'm like, this is a really good team. 
they, you know, a lot of guys on like their third and fourth line were guys who were ready for a bigger role last year. Mm-hmm. And on other teams, they would have had a bigger role. So uh, for those guys to step into the first, second line roles, it's not going to be a problem. They, they were ready for that last year. Uh, on the back end, yeah, they lost Jimmy Schultz and, and John Lazat, their top defensive pairing. But they got Jack Ashawn back and, and three other guys who played a ton of games for him last year. They have their goalie back, so uh, David Horenek. So, uh, you know, I think in that case, yeah, you can look at who they lost, but also just look at their lineup. They got a really good team coming back, and if they contend for the regular season title, I'm not going to be surprised. All right, then uh, the least uh, three teams to get to. Uh, who's the next mm-hmm. one you want to touch on? The team I think is going to be really sneaky good this year is Colorado College. Okay. And, you know, they lost some of their top players last year, so I think everyone's going to forget about them. You know, Mashad transferred. I think they lost Bradley um, and, uh, you know, Trevor Gooch and a couple guys who were big players for them. But, again, at the end of last year, they were pretty good. They went on the road first round and beat Western Michigan in a really tough place to play in the first round of the playoffs and got to the frozen faceoff. And I think everyone forgets their two best players weren't in the lineup. They were hurt. Nick Halloran missed the whole second half of last season, and he was playing injured in the first half of the season. Well, Nick Halloran's back, and he had a great year the year before. Uh, one of the, you know, he was a first-team all-conference pick. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Wilkie, who was having a, you know, a point-of-game year for CC, he went down with an injury and was out for the year. And so you add Halloran and Wilkie, you know, their decor is getting older. Uh, yeah, they lost Alec LeClaire and Nets, but they, you know, bring in a senior grad transfer uh, in Ryan Ruck from Northeastern. Uh, they have Mike Vernon's kid coming in as a freshman goalie. I, I believe he was the North American Hockey League playoff MVP last year. Mm. So, um, they they have some guys with pedigree coming in. I just think that's a team that's going to be really sneaky good. No one's talking about them. Uh, I have them in my top 20. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll watch for the Tigers this year, and uh, that leaves Nebraska and Miami. And uh, who isn't the worst team in the uh, the conference this year for you? Uh, I have Omaha next. Uh, okay. uh, they, they had a couple seniors that had really important years for them. And I think that's uh, you know, those are some tough losses. And I also look at the teams above them, and I'm trying to figure out who they're going to finish ahead of, and I couldn't. Hmm. Um, you know, they have some interesting pieces. I, I think a guy like uh, Tyler Weiss from the NTDP was a really good pickup for them last year. First half, a little bit quiet. Uh, he got hurt and missed like the first month and a half until Christmas didn't do a ton. In the second half, he was really good. And so the point totals don't look huge, but if you break it down into the second half, you're like, wow, he had a really good second half. And if he can carry that over, he'll be a, a good offensive producer for them. I think they've got some defensemen, uh, you know, a Dean Stewart uh, who's going to have a pretty good year. And then the one X factor is Omaha has not been able to find consistent goaltending for years. Yeah. Um, and now all of a sudden they bring in Isaiah Seville who is one of their highest touted goalies they've brought in there, probably outside of uh, Anthony Stolarz and Dan Ellis. He's probably there is, you know, right up there in that group. And so I, I think there's a chance that he could be finally a guy that they settle on in goal. Uh, the question is, are they going to have enough offense 
to get by one of those six teams above them? I don't know. I, I think they're going to be solid, but I just can't see who they're going to finish ahead of. I was surprised Matty Tomac left because, you know, he, he'd been with North Dakota a couple of years, could never get into the yep. lineup, uh, <laughs> and went back to the USHL for a year to to wait until he, he could get into Nebraska. Only played five games there last year. So I think he only had one year of eligibility left, but it seemed like this was the year where he'd be the guy, and then he goes uh, back home. I was surprised by that. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know. Can, can he beat out Seville? I, I don't know. Uh, he, he had really struggled when he was in there. So uh, maybe going back home and uh, getting a familiar uh, set of circumstances will help him out. But uh, it, it, had he still been there, I would still be projecting Isaiah Seville to be the starting starter this year. All right, fair enough. Uh, that leaves the Miami Redhawks and uh, a bit of a team in transition. New head coach there mm-hmm. as well this year in uh, Chris Bergeron. Uh, are you expecting this is kind of a, uh, a somewhat of a rebuilding year? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they they finished at the bottom last year or near the bottom. I'm trying to remember the exact standings now offhand, but. Um, you know, and they lost uh, their best player. Josh Melnick was a, a centerman who kind of did everything for them. That's a huge loss. Uh, they lost Grant Hutton on the blue line. He was their best defenseman. That's a huge loss for them. Uh, you know, the, you look up and down their lineup, and that you know, I just don't see uh, who they're better than in the league right now. They have a couple interesting pieces. Derek Dashke on defense, he's a free agent. I think he's a guy who teams are going to look at down the line. He had a great freshman year. Um, the other guy to, to watch is Matt Berry. He's not eligible until the second half of the year. He was he played at Youngstown the year Youngstown made the run to the Clark Cup final, and he was by far and away their best player. He was committed to Holy Cross at the time, Um and I mean, he was so good in the USHL playoffs. I, I you know, nothing against Holy Cross, but I was surprised he wasn't going to a, a bigger name school. Hmm. And he goes to Holy Cross. He was there for one semester and decided it's not for him. So that's why you know he has to sit out one year for transfer. He'll be eligible in January. But he's a guy who really has scored a lot in his career, and I, I think he's going to be a big time player for Miami. Uh, so they have some intriguing pieces. Is it going to be enough? I don't know. You know, they lost Gruden in the off season too. That you know, he didn't have a lot of points last year, but that hurts. Uh, you know, the other guys who I think will produce a little bit for them are uh, Karch Bachman and Gordy Green, two very fast forwards. Again, I, I, I like some of their high end guys. I don't know if they have the depth though. Uh, when you look outside of the NCHC, and I, I know we're not going to go in depth on uh, everybody else around, but um, are mm-hmm. other Three or four programs that you're expecting big things from? Well, number one, I uh, like I said, I have Minnesota State Mankato in my number one team. Right. And the reason why is last year uh, I looked at their roster and said this team is a year away. They're, they have, like, no seniors. If they can keep their guys around, they have some guys who could turn pro. If they can keep their guys around, next year's the year. Well, last year they went and got a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Hmm which is super impressive. And that was not their year. So if you can get a number one seed in your quote unquote sort of rebuild year, um, what are you going to do when it is your year? And I think this is their year. They, their, their top line with Michaelis and Toomey is really, really good. 
Um, you know, you've got uh, some depth there. They bring in Nathan Smith, the Jets draft pick, uh, who played in the USHL, but should add some more offense. You know, you got Connor Mackey uh, leading a, a veteran decor. Their goalie is back. Uh, I just think that's a team that's going to win a lot of games in, in a WCHA where uh, there aren't a ton of contenders. So that's one team that stands out. And then uh, last year, UMass was the team that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and no one had them high in the preseason poll. But when you looked at their roster before the season, it shouldn't have been that surprising. Uh, their decor, you know, they got Kale McCarr, they got uh, Ferraro, Del Gaizo, uh, Farmer. Uh, they had a good couple goaltenders. You look up and down their roster, and you're like, we, you know, at the end of the season, you're like, you know what, we shouldn't have been surprised. Like, you should have been able to see this coming. Right. And that team this year is Wisconsin. Um, a, they have the this really high-end recruiting class. Alex Turcott was the number five pick by the Kings this year. Cole Caulfield scored a million goals in the U.S. or in TDP. I'm pretty sure he broke the records of you know Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews. So yeah. that's saying a little bit there. <laughs> um, you know, so he comes in. You've got Dylan Holloway from the AJHL, and Holloway is going to be a first rounder next year. Um, I think I'm forgetting another high-end guy they've got coming in too, but um, they've got some guys coming back. And the big key for me, you know, the one comparison people are going to make is BU. BU had all these first-round picks, and they really had a tough time making hay with them and getting over the hump because they were so young. The difference to me is Wisconsin's blue line is growing up and getting older. All of a sudden, Keandre Miller's a sophomore coming back. Wyatt Kalnuck is a junior. Uh, Emerson's got another year under his belt. Um, Inamoto's got another You know, they aren't freshmen anymore back there. And I think that is the big key to Wisconsin. It's Yeah, they have all these high-end guys that are going to score a ton of goals, but the big key is that their back end is finally getting older, and you need that in college hockey. Excellent, Brad. As always, really appreciate you making the time for the Pipeline Show. Looking forward to uh, another great season in the NCHC and CHC TV for uh, fans who uh, can't get to the games in person. Great way to watch those games online. Uh, thanks for doing this. I uh, look forward to having you on again. Again, for sure. We'll chat soon. There is Brad Elliott Schlossman. Thanks for uh, coming on the show, Brad. I appreciate your time as always and uh, great rundown setup of the nchc conference for this year and it could be a, a really there could be a lot of parity especially at the top you know if it, it isn't umd at the top and uh yeah i mean he's got western michigan really high and north dakota always competitive st cloud state up there as well i like this description of colorado college being sneaky good this year should be some great hockey in uh, the nchc as there usually is watch all those games on nchc tv Really nice package that uh, they've put together, again, for uh, watching those games online, which is really handy for a guy like me that's way far away uh, from the NCHC and and where they're playing, uh, and also for a lot of the families that have players who are on those teams. We go from a college hockey preview to uh, the first 2020 draft spotlight segment of uh, Season 15 here on the Pipeline Show. It's a guy currently leading the Ontario Hockey League in scoring, Quinton Byfield of the Sudbury Wolves. You can hear from him next here on the Pipeline Show. And 
Athena Siu on the one-timer, fired it off the end boards. Here's Ekblad again, takes the shot, scores! A four-goal night for Aaron Ekblad! Hi, it's Aaron Ekblad from the Barry Colts, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks, a lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time.